Welcome back to Wake Up Winden, a casual conversation about a complicated show. And we are back for season two of Dark. We are going to talk about episode one today, beginnings and endings. I am joined by my co-host, Jer. Jer, how are you doing this morning? Hey, Brian. Good. Season two. Let's do it. All right. We are finally here. It's been a little bit of a break. Things are a little bit crazy with my work right now, but we are uh, happy to be back to talk about Dark. So um, let's start talking about the... Um, season two, Jared, this has been awesome to get back into the world. And it was kind of cool to see uh, the characters kind of had a glow up in between season one and two. I don't know if um, the budget got bigger, but uh, a lot of differences for some of these characters. I don't know if you if you picked up on that. Yeah, you know, I, I didn't really think much about it, to be honest with you. But now that you say it, it certainly makes sense. Like the um, some of the worlds, like especially when you're talking about the future world um, that uh, the that younger Jonas is in it, it definitely seems like the production values are very good right um and and the worlds are big and they're blown up and they're they're kind of you know it's it, it seems like it, it is a little bit of a difference from uh that from season two to season one yeah and we also had some of those um like some really nice drone shots or uh like aerial shots of Winden that I think maybe we're happening towards the end of season one, but I was like, hey, Winden kind of looks like a nice place. And, you know, the sun came out and I was like, you know, I can kind of see the appeal finally of this place. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, Jared, I was laughing too, because I, I rewound because, you know, in the beginning, why not? It's kind of at the beginning when they're talking about the, I think Hannah's listening to the radio and they say, uh, they say, I think they say, wake up sleepyheads, but I had to go rewind it. And I was like, did they say wake up Winden? And uh, they did not. <laughs> but, uh, I was thinking, I was like, that's close. Could- Close. <laughs> Very close. We could have uh, we could have been on that station. So um, I was just cracking up at that. Uh, so you know that's that's our that's probably the closest that we're gonna get to an in show mention. So I'm just gonna hang on to that. Oh, one. hey, we're just gonna take it. Yeah. We'll, 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 <laughs> we'll take what we can get. <laughs> Absolutely. So um, we got a few different things going on in this episode. Actually, a lot going on. Um, we are introduced to the 1921 timeline. And we see a little bit more of the future timeline. I think it's going to be in 2053, and we deal a lot of uh, we deal a lot with the present. Um, so, Jerry, let me let me start off with this. Um, what do you think is kind of the top story coming out of this episode, or what storyline do you think do you want to start with? Yeah, I think you know maybe we start with the past, right, and the 1921, um, because a lot happens there, and I feel like then we can kind of filter back you know, moving towards the present and then the future. Does that make sense? Yeah, that sounds great. And uh, it makes sense because the episode starts off in the past. We have um, a young Noah and he's with a man we don't know. And he is, they're, they're digging in the cave and, um, Jer, is it like they're making the passage here? Is that what we're supposed to, is that we're supposed to take from this? I think so. And and you see the, the man that uh, younger Noah is with, has the same tattoo that older Noah has on his back, but he has it on his chest. I thought that was kind of interesting. I didn't remember if it was um, Noah or if it was this man. So um, I did notice that tattoo. So Noah had it on the back and he had it on his front. Okay, so that is interesting. It's the Sigmundus text, also found on the painting, yeah. right, from uh, that Mikkel, I believe, took in season one. I believe so, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's, I mean, you know, obviously the, the Sigmundus creates us is, is throughout this entire episode, right? I mean, we see it on the door and we see it uh, in other parts too. Even in the, the future, you know, with uh, younger Jonas, 
uh, we see it kind of carved on one of the the doors in the the uh, in the nuclear power plant. So it, it, it's pretty prominent throughout the episode, right? Yeah, it is. And I think also don't 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 like the you know the resistance or whatever they're called in the future. Don't they all shout Sigmundus Creatus Creatus Est at one point? They sure do. Yeah, it's like a refrain for them. Yeah. So that is really interesting. So, you know, something's been happening, you know, Sigmundus Creatus Est. I mean, obviously that's a, um, maybe they found that somewhere and like they're, it's kind of like their, you know, their creed or their code. And um, it obviously has some sort of meaning to them. So um, it'll be interesting to see where that goes. Um, let's, let's save the, fu- I'll, I'll, we'll talk about the future in a sec. Let's talk about this, uh, the scene with uh, Noah killing this man uh, kind of out of nowhere. And I mean, yeah. I, I guess maybe not out of nowhere. Did it seem like, he was kind of expecting it, the man who got killed. Yeah, that was one of the things I wrote down, right? When you're watching the episode, he he kind of, it's almost an acceptance from the man. Uh, you know, we don't know who the man is, but um, he's like, okay, he kind of knows it's coming. And when he gets kind of bludgeoned to death, there's no screaming, right? He doesn't make any noise. It's very odd, don't, don't you think? I, yeah, I think it's so weird how it all happens. Yeah, he, um, and it, I mean, it looks so brutal. But he kind of, like, right before it happens, he was like, he's been waiting for this day, right? So, uh, yeah. yeah, the acceptance, you're absolutely right. I don't, I, don't know, I don't know why that is. I don't know why he wouldn't, you know, turn around and try to stop him. But he doesn't. He accepts it. And, um, you know, they're having this conversation about Adam. And, you know, they're talking about why did Adam take you in and call you Noah? And I think that's pretty much the last thing that he asks and before he turns around and accepts it. Um, and yeah, we, uh, it's, it's kind of hard to talk about the scene knowing kind of what happens in the future, but I am still pretty puzzled <laughs> by it. So we can, we can talk about it later in, spo- in our spoiler section as well, Jer, but from a non-spoiler yeah. spoiler part, do you have anything else um, to bring up from this part portion? No, other than it's, it's a really interesting scene. I, I remember the first time I watched it, I had to watch it a couple of times. You know, and and to kind of understand because, you know, Noah is such an important character in Dark, you know, and, you know, every scene you're kind of looking for more. So you watch that scene, you're like, okay, who are these two people? And then by the end of the episode, you realize, okay, that's a younger Noah. And you kind of, I I remember going back and rewatching that scene and, you know, because you could tell there was a lot going on, but you didn't have the context that you kind of needed at the beginning of the episode. But by the end, you kind of have it. So then you kind of go back and you watch it again. It's it's a real interesting scene. Yeah, it is. No, and um, and you know, for the rewatchers, obviously, it's very illuminating. You know, going back and watching it after seeing everything. Um, but you know, Jared, what I kind of liked too is they made sure we knew it was Noah when uh, they they brought in the Noah tone. Um, the, you know, leaving no doubt that uh, he is like, and he called you Noah, and then all of a sudden, you know, it goes, you know, the the, the music that yeah. they always play for Noah. So, uh, yeah, it's, uh, I, I did appreciate that. Uh, the other guy didn't have a, a theme, so we, we couldn't figure out who he was yet, but you know, that will be right. revealed at, at, at a later date. Yep. Um, okay. So, so what else? So Noah, um, speaking of the past, we still have Noah. He, um, is hanging out in this kind of mansion type area, right? And we are introduced to Adam for the first time and I cannot get out, um, the, the, the dude from, the, I think he's the thing from Fantastic Four. I think of that uh, every time I see him. And it's like, um, especially like the <laughs> mid-2000s movie that they had the Fantastic Four. 
he looks just like the, the guy from that. And uh, it's one of my minor critiques about the show is I don't love the Adam makeup. Um, I don't know what you think. Yeah. About that. You know, I, I'm okay with it. Um, he's certainly, he's much older, right? Um, you know, he's an older man. Um, and he, he looks, you know, like he's got some scarring, right? Yeah. And I think that's what they're trying to convey, but it does kind of have a little thing-esque to it, you know? Um, <laughs> but, uh, but I, I felt like it's well done. And, and you know, certainly, you know, we were watching the show for a while, up until this point, you know, we've gone through an entire season. This is the first episode of the second season. We finally get to kind of meet Adam. Um, you know, we'd heard about him, uh, but we hadn't met him yet. And, uh, and, and it's a, it's an interesting scene, especially with, you know, the tapestry on the wall with the, the, you know, the different paintings. And it's, it's kind of, it's got an interesting feel to it, doesn't it? Yeah. I mean, we've been talking about vision boards and who has the best one. And uh, this is definitely like a cream of the crop, I think, huh? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, so they have like uh, you know the HD photos of everybody, even though it's in the <laughs> seems like it's kind of old fashioned, but uh, everything's crystal clear. It's really well organized. Somebody spent some time on this. Yeah, yeah, you're right. I mean, you have pictures from the future that are there in the past, right? So, so you have a little bit of that going on, and plus we know that Noah kind of he always seems to be the same age, but he's constantly moving between time periods. Right. Yes. Um, he's he's in he's in nineteen twenty one, then he's back in two thousand nineteen or you know two thousand twenty, and you know he's he's kind of he's moving between these different time periods, and um, you know it's it's interesting. Yeah, and you see he has the uh, suitcase that uh, I would presume has a time machine in it when he's when he's walking around, right? And um, yes, and he uh, he also has a conversation with the younger version of himself, and you know that was set up with Jonas talking to himself in the season season one finale, right? Now we have, uh, now the possibilities of characters talking to themselves, you know, are kind of exponential, right? So now we have Noah talking to Noah, kind of giving him a, pre a pep talk, right? Uh, he t talks about following his inner voice, you know, I've, I am you, <laughs> everything's connected. I do love, I, I love how the show plays with that. I love how the show has two characters that are the same person, but just at different times talking to themselves. Yeah, the scenes where people talk to themselves from an older standpoint is something that I feel like um, would be really interesting to do. You know, <laughs> yeah. none of us are going to get the chance to do that, but in a science fiction show, we can, we can kind of, you know, see that happen in, in real time. And it's just fascinating to think about, you know, at a certain point in my life, what would I tell a younger version of myself? Uh, and you can kind of think through that and, you know, seeing that scene with uh, a younger Noah and an older Noah is, is really interesting. <laughs> Jer, don't be a Bears fan. Only pain. Only pain will come. <laughs> Only pain. Only pain. <laughs> yeah. The double doink. Stop it. Yeah, like stop some, it right now. <laughs> so, somebody would tell you about, like, the your older version of yourself will tell you about the double doink field goal kick before. Uh, yeah. You, you don't even want to know. <laughs> if they make the playoffs, just don't watch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, sorry. Sorry about that for non-sports fans, but... uh. Yeah, that's, yeah. That's, that's how we're, that's how we reference that. <laughs> so, um, yeah. So I'm trying to see if I have anything else from the Noah storyline. Um, am I missing any scenes from the past? I mean, uh, Adam, uh, a woman comes out to tell Adam that something's ready. Uh, and uh, there's the, there's that scene. Uh, do you want to mention anything more about anything from the past? No, I think you know the, the main takeaways are obviously you know uh, Noah is working with Adam. 
Adam seems to be in charge and they have, you know, they clearly have the family pictures up on the, on the wall. Right. And, and it, it seems like that's, that's important. And that was one scene that I, I remember when I was watching it, I definitely paused it and like looked <laughs> up, you know, walked up to the, my TV screen, like <laughs> tried to see what each picture was, you know, um, when I first watched this. Uh, so, so it's, it's, it's kind of neat, but I think those are the main takeaways. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, okay, we can move on then. We'll, uh, let's, Let's let's talk about the future then too, and then we can kind of circle back to the present because uh, that's where we spend the majority of the episode. Um, and that sounds sounds good. And it's it's a um it's a little slow in the future, uh, at least I think. And you know, I do love the show, but you know I think this is probably like my fourth time watching it. So like sometimes when I go through some of these Yona scenes where he's not talking to anybody and he's just searching, uh, I do kind of drift. So, so I know um, uh, I, I I definitely like being in the present a little bit more. But, um, you know, he's wandering around 2053 right now. And what I was kind of wondering is it kind of seems like it's accepted that he um, that he, he has a place, at least here. Like they didn't kill him. Right. They, they knocked him out in the beginning at the end of the season one. And now he's allowed to be inside of his house. So what were your main takeaways from Jonas in 2052? Yeah. So main, main takeaways for me are, you know, number one, you can do some interesting things when you're talking about a character in the future where the majority of your action is kind of taking place in, in the current time, which is 2019 slash 2020. And you, you can kind of do some interesting things. For example, when he passes the, the tombstones and you see like oh. Martha's name, you see a couple of different names. Uh, that That's always kind of interesting because now you can kind of set certain things up. Um, at the same time, you can also show like, how you know so how much despair is kind of going on in that future world um and even like when when he wakes up in his bed like it just looks disgusting like (laughs) maybe not a place you want to sleep you know and everything has got this kind of black soot to it and you know there's these like things on the walls that look kind of like uh i don't know what a good way to describe it would be like a black kind of comb or like growth on the walls sometimes and in the trees it's it's all pretty interesting um i actually kind of liked it but yes sometimes those scenes can get a little slow i i have trouble even recognizing the house you know like uh, I, I have to keep reminding myself that that's where he is and uh jerry i almost had to stop the episode and call you i was i was really concerned i saw uh, voler on the grave and i, I said no <laughs> and I had, yeah and i was like yeah oh, i know I'm really upset by that um, like we just gotta stay in the present where he's alive and well and, and doing good things, right? Yeah, absolutely. I was like, oh man, this is gonna be a this is gonna be a tough episode to talk about. Um, you know, you see the Tiedemann grave and you're like, oh, okay. You see Jankowski, you don't really know who she is, but uh, she is a cop, I believe. I've done a little digging, and then you see Voler. Okay. You see Voler, and you just you just want to flip over your DVD player. Flip over. <laughs> Nobody has a DVD player. You flip yeah, over just, your. You computer. just want to stop the show at that point, yeah. really. I, I mean. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. We love Voler. Yeah. And I guess uh, the bigger news, though, for Jonas uh, is that there's a grave for Marta, right? And uh, that's kind of, yeah. she's, I mean, you know, we love Voler, but uh, the, the biggest news for Jonas is that Marta is there. So uh, bad news there. And uh, yeah, you want to say anything about that? Yeah, no, I, I was going to say, so, the, you know, that that's obviously, you know, an interesting set, starting point, right? Um, so we see things are bleak, um, and Martha is dead and, um, you know, we're, we're kind of learning who's there. Right. And we find out that, I mean, it seems that the show really implies it. And I think we can, you know, it's not a big spoiler, but, 
um, you know, Elizabeth is there, right? Uh, and she's kind of almost in charge, seems like, right? Yep. yep. <laughs> seems like it. <laughs> yeah. And, she, and, and she, she's, you know, she's driving a hard bargain, right? Yep. I, I mean, she... <laughs> Doesn't seem like she's a, a very lenient leader. <laughs> no, yeah, um, they end up hanging. Was that guy speaking French, Jer? Yeah, yeah, he was speaking French. Okay, so that, that was kind of interesting to me because we haven't seen too many characters from outside of Germany at all, and um, correct. I, and yeah. Now in the future, I'm just wondering, you know, what kind of migration was happening throughout Europe? Um, what's been happening in the world at large um, outside of Winden? You know, it's uh, kind of interesting to think about that. But she ends up hanging this guy. Um, so what? So, Couple of guys, really, right? Yeah, yeah, that's right. She does. She does. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, yeah, she's uh, she's been through some shit. It seems like, and yeah. uh, it's turned her yeah. into this, you know, futuristic warlord. You know, Elizabeth. Um, I've always, I've always really liked the character of Elizabeth, and this was a twist that I definitely didn't see coming. You know, coming into season two. And I'm really excited to keep talking about it as we go further. Yeah, and, and you know, you're I, I like Elizabeth too. And you're excited the fact that she's alive. Yep. But then you're kinda like, Oh, it seems like the future has not been kind to her. No. <laughs> I mean, it seems like she's she's gone through some stuff, right? <laughs> right. It doesn't seem like it's been kind to anybody, right? And um we have yeah, we have the uh, we have the girl that knocked Jonas out at the end of last season. She's kind of the one that yelled uh, Sigmundus Creatus Est, kind of spurring everybody on the uh, rallying cry. And uh, it seems like she's kind of second in commands. Am I, am I getting the right It does seem like number two to Elizabeth's number one, right? Yep, yep. So um, they are, they're, um, and the, I guess we should talk about the reason they're hanging this man. Is it because he goes to like the um, restricted territory, the territory they're, they're not supposed to be in? Right. And, and I think it's, it's pretty well implied that but that's where Jonas goes at the end of the episode, right? Yes. It, it's pretty clear. It's the restricted area is, is kind of where the nuclear power plant is or was, I mean, what's left of it. And, um, and that, that's kind of where he's going right at the end of the episode. Right. Right. And he was listening to the tapes from Claudia Tiedemann and they, she talked yeah. about stabilizing the God particle and that might be a way to go back and change everything. Right. 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 And, and so, yeah, it all leads up to the end of the episode where he, you know, wanders into the room with, uh, you know, the uh, Rodigen thing is going off the charts and he ends up finding the God particle. It's yeah. Kind of, and, kind of cool... and it's really cool. Looking, yeah, isn't it? It is, I mean, yeah. um, it's, it's kind of a cool scene. One of my favorite scenes is when he kind of walks in there and the visual of him kind of looking up at it and then we get to see it. And, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's really neat. Yeah, I do think the effects are really strong. Um, even, you know, I, we didn't talk about it much, but even, you know, the big black orb at the end of season one, uh, I, you know, these things could be hokey, right? Or, or even, you know, this God particle that they show. I do think they do a good job with it. You know, um, it, it's a sci-fi show. You know, you got to, you know, suspend your disbelief. And I do think it, I, I think the visual is cool. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, that's, that's what's going on. You know, a lot of the time, you know, there's... Uh, uh, the cinematography is, you know, we talked about that at the beginning, but you see kind of like the misty aura around <laughs> this future. There's bodies hanging in trees. There's a forbidden zone. There's a lot of mysteries happening here. Um, so yeah, and a lot of a lot of black, dark, you know, soot. And yep. Kind of, uh, it's it's very dark. It's kind of almost like uh, 
like ash falling from the sky. You know, yeah. it's it, it's 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 interesting. Um, and then you get kind of a little bit of a almost Terminator feel from the the, the ships flying in the in the sky and like. At one point, Jonas kind of stops, and he's like got that light, you know, that's shining, and then it keeps going, and you know, it, it's kind of neat. I, I yeah. enjoyed it. No, it's it's really good world building. Um, yeah, and I, I don't mean to be hard on Jonas. I just uh, some of these, <laughs> some of these, like the they go a long time without dialogue a lot of the time in the scene, and um, it is kind of nice, a, a nice part about the show, especially if you're you know reading the subtitles because it kind of gives you a break, but. Uh, uh, yeah, it's just like, uh, just like, all right, Jonas, can we, can we, can we hurry up? Can we get there? But, um, you know, I might be in the minority on that. <laughs> when he's, uh, when he's going through the, the old power plant with the, the light orb and the, uh, the, I would assume it's a radiation kind of detector or something like that. It's got a super video game feel to me, doesn't it? Doesn't yeah. it feel like that would be like a level in a video game where you'd kind of walk around with an orb and you kind of hear this click, 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 and then like you know less click, 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 click. And, you yeah. know, it seems like that would be like something you'd do in like a video game. It kind of reminded me of that. Yeah. Then he reason. he reached the checkpoint and uh, got the cut scene for the god particle, and now he's ready to face the boss. So. <laughs> Yeah, 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 yeah. Definitely had that feel to it, to yeah. it for, for for me at least. <laughs> yeah, no, I think that's a good call. Um, all right, anything else from the future, or should we uh, head to twenty twenty, where you know? Things Let's go are, to twenty twenty. You know, thing, things are great in the real world. Things are great in the dark world in Winden. You know. <laughs> <laughs> so here we go, twenty twenty, and uh, I've got to bring up Clausen. He's he's uh, he's the first one person I want to talk about, Jer. Um. I can't stand this guy. <laughs> yeah, he, it's just odd. You know, I, I feel like, you know, you gotta stay within, you know, uh, so you're talking to a bunch of people. They've lost, a lot of them have lost their loved ones. There's so many people missing in this town. You're taking over command. And he's giving like these analogies with like uh, people viewing an elephant. It, it's like, no, just stick with the stick with the facts. Like, don't don't try and confuse people. <laughs> you know? Yeah, and the the townspeople are not buying it, right? No, no, they hate him just like us. And um, why does he only talk in parable? You're exactly right. He brings up that thing about the elephant, and to me, like, I didn't, I I, I don't agree with his analogy. First of all, it's like so he thinks that he's the only person who should see it because if ten different people from ten different perspectives see it, it can get kind of muddled. Right. Whereas if only one person sees it, he has a clear view of everything and he knows exactly what's going to happen. But that kind of just seems like, um, you know, a recipe for like a dictatorship or one person runs everything. I don't know if I agreed with that philosophy. What do you think about that? Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I, I, I'm, I'm not the, the biggest believer in it. I, I, I do get to I do understand and appreciate that everyone sees the world a little differently. And and I think that's important to understand as an individual. But at the same time. It just it it doesn't it doesn't have a point to me, you know. Like it doesn't convince me that you're going to do a better job than the current police staff, like at all. So you know, and I think you could tell that the townspeople aren't convinced either. <laughs> right, right. He also, and then he he also, yeah, and the, uh, especially uh, Eric's dad, right, who we haven't seen uh, since the beginning of season one, I believe. Um, and right. And he's, he's upset. He's like, he's like, you know, forget your elephants. <laughs> you know, I want to find my son. Uh, what kind of task force yeah. is just, you know, this new guy who comes in and he's one person and Charlotte, who I love Charlotte. You'll never find a bigger Charlotte fan than me. But 
she couldn't like they didn't get the job done last year right it's been seven months and this is the task force so understandably the townspeople are upset yeah and some of the scenes with him are, are, are pretty interesting um he kind of has uh you know our, our guy wooler comes in with <laughs> uh with with uh, the box of of kind of the the parents and and um different interview testimonials and puts it down in charlotte's office and charlotte's kind of like hey you know we got you an office like couple of you know doors down like you can <laughs> take this in there and start reviewing and he's like no no you're gonna do it too like <laughs> he hands her a pencil and like he's like we're gonna do this together it's almost like he's he's kind of like forcing her to do work but it's work that she's probably already done and <laughs> yeah. it was just kind of weird wasn't it definitely i could watch a, a sitcom spinoff of charlotte trying to deal with clausen and voler and you know even ulrich and you know if it was last year um, I, I would just love to see Charlotte exasperated at all points of the day, um, you know, yeah. ha- having to put out little fires everywhere. And uh, um, but you know, <laughs> that's not the show we get. <laughs> but then that's probably for the better. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so you know, to top it all off, too, he he tells her that he can't he can't drive, and he needs her to give her a ride. And it just kind of reminds, and I you know, this isn't where the show goes with it, but. Um, you know, uh, the guy who plays champ kind in anchorman when he's in the office and he, like, he has a DUI and he has to have Ryan drive him everywhere. I was like, I was like, what if Clawson just had tons of DUIs and that's why he had to make Charlotte drive him everywhere. Yeah, it could be. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it's certainly a, you know, it's an interesting twist in the show, um, to, to have him kind of need transportation throughout the, the small town of Wyndham. <laughs> it's, well, it's weird, right? I mean, it's why mention that, uh, I guess, is that like, um, if it isn't going to have, you know, further implications, I just, I do think it's kind of a interesting note that they put into the show. Yeah. Um, you know, like in a show so purposeful as dark, you know, every, like everything seems to have meaning. Right. So I'm just kind of wondering what that is all about. I Um, have a theory, but I will save it for the spoiler section of the show. Yep. That sounds, (laughs) that sounds good. Let's, we'll talk about it then. Um, okay. So yeah, I just, sorry. I just had to, I just was, you know, taking my notes angrily as I, as I watched Clawson and, uh, just like, uh, this guy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I got it. He suffers from the, uh, you know, new character, uh, fatigue, not even fatigue, but you know, when Nikki and Paolo came into Lost and we all hated them, I, I, maybe I'm just feeling that with Clawson. Clawson <laughs> <laughs> uh, is your Nikki and Paolo, huh? <laughs> I think so. Just like leave Charlotte alone. Um, <laughs> Try to do her job. Yeah. Let her be. Yeah. Um, okay. So, uh, all right. What else we got around when we got? Um, so we got. I think Jonas returning to Hannah is a really big storyline, and you know, really sad. Hannah, you know, right before Jonas walks in, Hannah's taking the gun and pointing it at her head, um, and you know, Jonas starts to unlock the door at that point and kind of saves her from that, and it just is really sad. Um, for Hannah, I know Hannah is somebody we've criticized on the show, but you know, obviously we feel bad for her in this in this part. So, um, what did you think about um, you know Jonas returning and all the things we saw with Jonas and Hannah in this episode? Right. I mean, she has lost her husband. Yep. Via suicide, and then now her son is missing. Mm-hmm. He's been missing for six months. So she's in a dark place right now, and yeah. I, I understand it completely. Um, you know, it's just that the the odd part of it is the timing of things, right? You have, you know, um, you know, you have the older Jonas kind of coming in and, 
And I kind of almost at the right exact time, you know, as she's looking at the gun, pointing in the random direction, pointing at herself. Um, and then the way he explains to her that he's her son. Not how I would have done it. it, you know. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> that's I, when, when you said that, I was like, that's not how I would have explained it. Um, when, when he, uh, how he explained it to Hannah, you know, um, I, I agree with what you're saying. I was like, how did he, uh, why did he do it like that? <laughs> I well, I actually thought that, that was fairly smart. Did you? I mean, for me personally, yeah, because you're 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 telling stories and pointing at things in the room that only the you know only the three people in their in their family would know, you know. Um, so I, I thought that was smart, but he doesn't do it right away. You that's know, the like, thing. Yeah, he kind of starts off slow, yeah. and then he eventually gets to it. You know. Yeah, that that's the thing. It's kind of like he's building up the you know the dramatic part of it, but. I think, and maybe I would have blown it, right? Because maybe I would have, like, ran in, I'm Jonas, I'm Jonas, I'm Jonas. But, but uh, obviously that would have been unbelievable too. But I think I would have really stressed, no, you have to believe me. Oh, and then, then maybe, like, tell these stories, like, that he was telling. But I do think, like, it's just, like, you know, he has the keys, right? So, um, you know, Hannah has a gun. Like, it could have, like, it could have gone in a much different direction. Oh, it could have gone really bad, real fast. I mean, she had a gun there right there on the table. You have a stranger walking into your home. Like, yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> it could have gone sideways real quick. Yeah, and I, I just did think you so. And, like, um, you know, and I was thinking about that, like, in preparation for the show. I was like, am I being too hard on Jonas? Like, he is in an impossible situation. But I do think he was just a little bit... Uh, a little bit playing playing too much with it, a little too slow with it. Um, I think I would have been a little more urgent, but you know maybe that would have uh, you know got caused me to get shot. So I don't I don't know. Yeah, this is true. This <laughs> yeah. is true. Staying calm, I think, was a smart move. But he does kind of take his time getting to the point of the fact that he's her son. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and uh, you know I, I'll I'm, when I criticize people on the show, if I was the person having to go back in time, uh, this would have. This would have ended much sooner. Um, I would have, uh, <laughs> I would have been doing a terrible job. So, uh, a plus for Jonas. Jonas, you know, kind of interacting with Hannah throughout the episode, and he ends up uh, sleeping in his own bed at the end of the episode, and he kind of fills her in about what's happening to her Jonas. Um, he's in the future, and uh, he can't come back because he blew up the passage at the end of season one. So, Hannah, by the end of the episode, she's accepted this, right, Jer? Correct. She's she's of the mindset that this is her son returned, uh, and it's and he's older now. But the, the younger version, the one she knew, is is not is, is she's you know she believes him that he's in the future. Yeah, and you know, like you said, I mean, the stories that they would only know um, had to be a big part of it. And then, um, I guess, and I think we've talked about this in previous episodes too. It's just like I guess, how would you convince anybody without actually showing them the proof, right? Um, and I right. think he's doing as good as a good a job as he can do without actually like physically going back and showing her. So, um, I think so. I mean, especially the, you know, he shows her a scar on his arm and then he shows kind of the stain on the floor and how that came to be. And, mm -hmm. you know, I, th I think it's convincing. I think it's a smart way of doing it. He just takes a little bit of time to get there. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. And then I did have, I did have a couple thoughts he brought up when uh, he went back in time and saw her with her dad, um, in the eighties. And at first I was like, come on, Hannah didn't remember that. But then I thought a little harder and I was like, you know what, Jonas kind of insulted her in that moment where he wouldn't come in the car. 
and Hannah never forgets an insult. So maybe 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 yeah. the reminder did uh, kind of help her. This is true. <laughs> um, okay, so I think I think that that's all I really had on Hannah and Jonas. Um, anything else before we switch storylines? No, no, I, I think that that covers it. Uh, we get we had Katarina and. I thought when they first showed her in the forest, she looked very out of place. I was, I was like, what, what's happening here? Um, wasn't used to seeing her out there. Um, what'd you think about Katarina in this episode? Yeah, she's, she's doing a lot of searching. The obviously doesn't have any dialogue. Um, but, uh, she's off doing her own thing, which is kind of, I don't know. I understand. She wants to find her son. She wants to find her husband, but at the same time, like you've lost your son and your husband, like, you should probably be with the two kids you have. Yeah. Like, you know, they're, they're probably going through stuff. And we kind of see that with Martha talking to Bartosh, right? And yeah. kind of the, the, you know, the, the teen angst yeah. scene there that where they're both kind of complaining. I got a lot going on in my life. I got a lot going on in my life. Like that's, that's one of the things, you know, one of the things Martha, Martha brings up is like, my mom doesn't care about me. Like she's not wor- like, you know, with all this loss, you should be focusing on the two children and the two members of your family that you still have, you know, and she's not, she's, she's just, you know, off in the forest trying to figure things out and, you know, looking for the caves and, you know, looking to find, you know, whatever's on the maps that she has in front of her. Yeah. And I, I, I like that she's looking, but I wish she would loop in her kids, like you said. Um, and you know, yeah. it's kind of like, she must've been keeping it a secret because Marta said that mom left the door unlocked. Which means that she had probably been in Mickle's room, you know, door locked, looking at all the stuff for a very long time, not telling the kids about it. And, um, you know, leads to Marta, like, you know, t- telling Bartosh about how she really feels about it. And, um, you know, that scene with Marta and Bartosh, I'm going to bring up, um, we had a- another email from Kelly. And thank you so much, Kelly, for writing in. And um, Kelly brought up that Marta was pretty cruel to Bartosh in this instance. You know, um, I've been hard on Bartosh, but... Bartosh's mom is dying of cancer right now, and she kind of dismisses his problems, right? And she's going through problems too. But um, I just kind of thought that was interesting. I don't know. I don't know if you want to respond to that, Jer. No, I, I agree. I mean, I think um, you know they're both going through a lot, um, and neither one are in uh, an enviable position. Um, certainly, a lot going on with, with Bartosh and you know um, his mother. You know, with the cancer, it's, it's you know it's very sad. Uh, and then at the same time, you know, everything, all the loss that DeMarza's experienced as well, or father's missing, or brother's missing, you know, that her mom's kind of tramped through the, the forest, you know, it's a lot going on for her too. Um, so you feel bad for both character. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's one of those things. She's, she's not very, being very mindful um, of the fact that he's actually going through a lot right now. That's true. And, um, so it's, and it's been seven, seven months since we like checked in with season one, but you get the impression that they haven't talked much, right? Marta and Bartosh. Um, I get that impression. Yeah. Without a doubt. He, he said it's been days since they've talked, but then Marta references that they hardly ever talk anymore at all. So, um, when they kind of have this breakup scene at the bridge, it's kind of just maybe, you know, kind of finalizing what's already been happening. Um, but yeah. But, you know, I, I do feel, obviously for both of them, um, you know, when the show has these kind of moments where they sum up what's happening and it's really messed up and also kind of makes you chuckle, like when uh, Jonas is talking about kissing his aunts and talking about, you know, um, his, his mother and father and all that mess. And then Marta is summing up what's been happening to her. Um, it's just like, man, if you like 
told somebody about this that hadn't seen the show, they'd be like, man, what's going on in this? <laughs> what's going on in the show? Like, this is a terrible sounding show. Why yeah. did anyone watch this? <laughs> yeah, exactly. You got to pick up the context, you know? Um, so, yeah, yeah. Uh, so, so yeah, Mar- that's what's kind of going on with Marta. Marta, we talked about how she's kind of marked for death with the grave um, in the in the future. And, um, you know, she's been riding through Winden. She's talking to Bartosh. Um, what, does she do anything else in this episode? Toward, does she have a ending scene here? Uh, she does, if she did, I don't remember it. Yeah, I don't think so. I think. But, yeah, I mean, she certainly... She's, um, you know, from the dialogue she has with her brother... She's Madness, trying. Yeah. She knows people are deceiving her, right? Yeah, yeah. And she 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 wants to get in. Uh, she knows there's some there's some sort of knowledge that the police have, that her parents have, that that she is unaware of, and she's frustrated by it. And she's she's trying to figure it out. And that's why she's kind of going through the box and trying to see what what's going on. Right, and that, trying to find that truth. You right, know, right, right. And th- th- that's right. You remind me. That's that's the last scene, right? Is that her and Magnus start looking through. Uh, Ulrich stuff that Katarina had been looking at. So that's kind of where we leave mm-hmm. them. And, uh, okay, so speaking of Magnus, um, man, this story lingered. Um, so, like, this, like, this, I think we were talking about this in, like, season one, episode four, the, the distrust that Magnus had for Franz, Franziska. And uh, I, I'm surprised how long it takes for that distrust to kind of linger between them for, for him not to know about it, um, for him not to know what's going on. He still really doesn't know what's going on, right? Right, right. And, uh... The, the scene where he kind of like follows her and then like sees like the, I guess, um, you know, she's doing something where she's, you know, having a drop off and then the pickup and that type of thing. And then he kind of follows the prostitute and then that whole awkward scene in the trailer, you know, it's, it's interesting, but at the same time, you know, there's, there's a lack of trust there. That's probably not a good thing. Right. Right. And you know, it's what Marta and, um, Marta's trauma is like the lack of trust too, but Magnus has no trust for Francisca. And it bothers me about Magnus because like there's times I really want to like Magnus, but he can't let go of this, right? And, um, right. And I don't know, I just don't think it's a good look for him. You know, his longer hair, A plus, but you know, his uh, distrust, you know, uh, F. So <laughs> that's what. <laughs> <laughs> Pluses and minuses for, yeah. for Magnus. <laughs> yeah, but um, so yeah, he, he's kind of, uh, he's kind of got a, little bit of a different look i noticed he's kind of wearing that like uh, uh like a uh, silver keychain on his pants his pants are a little bit more ripped up uh starting to have a little bit more gothic a little bit <laughs> a little more edge sure yeah, yeah a little more edge for magnus um and we we learned that benny um the prostitute character um is siblings with voler correct i think that's something we did not know correct. in the past so that was kind of a cool reveal that's, yeah that was a, an interesting development you know they're it seems like they've maintained their relationship, yeah. um, and uh, and you know they're they're kind of talking about hey, you need to call mom and and that type of thing. And then it right. seems like uh, Wooler buys the the uh, the truck from yeah. from her, and uh, and that was kind of interesting. I didn't know. I didn't understand she owned it, right? I didn't understand that either. This this does. Um, I, I get lost with uh, with the truck, the barrels, the nuclear plant. And I do apologize to listeners, uh, but I, I, yeah. I, I kind of, this is a real sore spot for me on the show is I'm trying to figure out what's going on here. I really do have a tough time with it. Um, so I know that, yeah, the truck has been outside of her trailer and I believe we've seen it there in season one. So 
I don't know how yeah. we were supposed to know that she owned it, but um, I guess she did, right? Yeah, we, we, I, I guess, yeah, I mean, maybe we missed something there, but it certainly is Pike's proximity. It's close to the trailer, but, you know, it was just kind of funny to find out that she owned it and she just sold it to the brother. And, and you know, so now it's Wallers and, uh, you know, it's, it's kind of weird. We, we know there's something in there, right? And I don't know if the, you know, it's, it's still in there. Like, you know, I don't know. You got some questions there, at least for me. Yeah, and we knew from the end of last season that Voller was working with Tiedemann, uh, Alexander, because Hannah wanted to blackmail him, right? And uh, yeah. what, and to get information on Ulrich. So he was kind of trying to work with Voller, uh, Tiedemann was, and we kind of saw some phone calls between them. So Voller's got kind of an interesting part in it, and we talked about in the first season he was kind of a minor character, but pay attention to him, and I think that's kind of... Uh, kind of paying fruit right now. Yeah. Um. So yeah. So that that's definitely something to keep track of. If any listener wants to help me out with the truck storyline, um, I'd be I'd be happy to hear it, <laughs> and I'd be happy to uh, understand that a little bit better. So, uh, you know, be be gentle with us. We're just trying <laughs> trying to figure this one out too. Yeah, we're we're trying to piece that one together. Yeah. Um. We have, uh, we, we talked about Charlotte a little bit, but they kind of talk about her lineage a little bit. Um, that her, uh, Ellie's grandfather, Elizabeth's grandfather and grandmother died when she was young is what, um, is what Peter was saying, correct? Right. And it's, it's implied that it's young enough where she doesn't really remember them. Right. right. She doesn't so remember there's them. There's not yeah. necessarily a recollection, recollection for her. Um, and then you kind of get some really cool scenes with um with peter and his daughter mm-hmm. you know and elizabeth where they're kind of looking through some of this stuff and they find that you know the picture oh. with with noah in there from the past and i thought that was a really cool scene yeah i absolutely love that too and i i love um you know i love the show has so many props and so many different things to um you know kind of keep track of as you watch but i really do like this this photo and uh i, I know we can talk about it a little bit more in spoiler section but uh yeah it's awesome and uh, it's going to lead to a lot of questions, and we see that Noah is in the is in the photo, and that's how Elizabeth kind yeah. of brings it up to uh, to Peter and uh, Jer. I um so the the photo she actually found it in this book called the Kybalion. I had never heard of it. I don't I don't know if you have, um, but I pulled up its Wikipedia. Um, do you know anything about okay. this? No. All right, so it's called the Herm- Hermetic Philosophy, originally published in 1908. And it's a book claiming to teach the essence of the, oh man, the Hermes Trimigno. Oh man, I just, I should not be even looking up these live Wikipedia things on the show. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's a, you know, it's a philosophy thing and has to do with uh, hermeticism. So uh, kind of interesting. I just never had heard about this. So I know it's probably intentional. And I just wanted to bring it up. If anything, if anybody knows anything about the Kybalion, let me know. Um, yeah. So yeah, I just I just found it interesting. Um, I know that shows you know they like to play with uh, the multimedia that they put inside. You know, uh, directors and creators of TV shows and films, everything they put in is intentional. So I am wondering about the significance significance of the Kabbalion, and I'm probably butchering the name. Um, <laughs> so anybody want to help me out <laughs> with that too? That's that would be that would be welcome. But I thought that was cool. Yeah. Um, okay, so, all right, Jer, so we have a couple, I think just a few more things to touch on before we 
go into spoiler section. Um, I, um, you, the, the line about futility, uh, I think Adam was talking to Noah about it. Uh, I, I was feeling that this morning because, uh, you know, my internet wasn't working and I was just like, everything's futile. Why don't I give up? And, um, oh wait, Sarger, the only other thing I wanted to bring up was that they, Adam and Noah were, uh, making fun of Bartosh. And I was like, oh man, they could become guests on Wake Up Winden. Uh, they'd fit right in. Bartosh is so naive. They, yeah, they do. <laughs> they're, they're, they're thrown in the shade towards Bartosh, right? <laughs> yeah. Oh, Bartosh. He, he never got it. <laughs> he never got it. He's always so naive. <laughs> oh man. Um, okay. So, uh, I, did you like the quote at the beginning? Uh, if you gaze long into the abyss, the abyss also gazes into you. I did. Yeah, I liked that. And I also like the song. Um, it's happening. Yes. Um, yeah. That, you know, it's it's a good one. It's it's one I actually have on my, like, you know, my songs that I like to listen to myself personally. Um, it's, uh, it's a good one. Yeah, it's a, so it's a musical, uh, the, the musical montage. I think it's another Agnes Opal song, is at least what I have in my notes. And it is. Yeah, yeah, it is. It's Agnes Opal, yeah. She did Familiar, um, one of my favorites from it. So, yeah, she's a really good artist. Um, I really like, there's a few songs I like from her as well. Um, I guess during the, I'm looking at my notes from the montage. We saw Tiedemann, and he's with a nuclear power plant worker. And I guess this is a storyline we didn't touch on too much, but the plant is closing in a week. And he's pouring cement, it looks like, on these yellow barrels, correct? Right. And that, that was a big reveal, right? We, we, we didn't know that the, the, plant, the plant was closing in six days, right? Right. Um, and that, that, you know, everything is kind of, no matter what timeline we're in, it seems like six days kind of is coming. And yeah. something important is going to happen. And then towards the end of the episode, we find out that that's, actually coincides with when the power plant is going to close. Um, so, so that's certainly interesting. And then we do see uh, these barrels kind of being, you know, being poured, you know, concrete being poured on top of them. Uh, and, um, you know, Alexander kind of um, making sure certain things are, are certain steps are being taken place and kind of, you know, crossing his eyes, dotting his eyes, crossing his T's. You know, making sure preparing for this closing of the plant, right? Right, and you know, if you know if all this is happening, it just like furthers the, um, you know, the show's theory that everything is connected, right? And uh, no matter right. what timeline you're in, like you said, uh, six days, something's gonna happen. And I, I like how they also start the episode um, with like the kind of subtitle or the heading: six days until the apocalypse. Um, and you know, they make sure that we know that hey, something's happening. Don't be fooled by the sunny day that's coming in Winden for the first time in, you know, years. Um, okay, so just looking through my notes one last time, Jer, I don't know if I have anything left from the episode proper. Um, if you do, though, I'd be happy to hear it. And uh, otherwise, we can jump into spoilers. No, I, I think I'm ready for spoilers. All right. So, yeah, before we jump into spoilers, let me just um, quickly say if you want to email the show and uh, let me know what I got wrong or if you're enjoying it, you could email the show at wakeupwinden at gmail.com and um really quickly speaking of that i just wanted to bring up from last week kelly had um e uh, mentioned in her email again that um i was you know i was mentioning that like why didn't mickle go back and look for the cave more and i think jerry you were you were saying that yeah maybe he you know maybe he did and kelly brings up the fact that yeah he probably did look for it and she talks about how he wrote you know where is the crossing on the map and it's possible that he was just looking for it the whole time and he made the map 
and it's just that he would he never found it. So I think you're onto that, Jared. But I was kind of uh, I was kind of just you know uh, being snarky and making fun of Mickle for uh, not getting <laughs> back in time. But uh, I, I do like what Kelly brought up there. Yeah, yeah. All right. So um, for spoilers, we are going to let you guys go if you haven't seen anything further, and hopefully you had enough of a warning there. Follow me on Twitter at wakeupwinden, and I think that's enough time, Jared. So. Um, spoilers, okay. beware. Um, where do you want to go with this, Jeff? Yeah, so I mean, I think obviously first the first time I saw this episode, uh, I didn't figure this out, but my wife figured it out right away. She said, that looks like Bartosh, but older, right? She's right. like, she really, she called it right away. I you missed know? it, and, yeah. <laughs> uh, We eventually do find out that that's who it is, and we, you know, we eventually find out that, that that's his son killing him. Right? It's brutal. Yeah. And, you know, the internet it's was tough. Yeah. The internet was onto this chair because um, I did not figure it out. I was not smart enough to figure that out. I'm, I'm, I'm really impressed Lynn, Lynn figured that out. That's awesome. Um, but for me, I was looking, you know, I, I, I would read the Reddit when I was, um, you know, watching this, you know, just the episode recaps. And they had figured out that it was Bartosh and in, in that. So, or at least like it was like strongly hinted at, like not confirmed. Right. But people kind of assumed that that was Bartosh and it does get confirmed later. And, you know, it does look, it does look like him, like upon further reflection. And especially when you see the season three transformation from the, that version of Bartosh to um, the older version of himself, it's pretty, pretty clear, right? Yes. Yes. And, you know, it's just an interesting scene. You're obviously the, the tattoos connect the two, right. And they make sense. You know, one has the tattoo on his chest. The other one has it on his back. You know, it's clear that they're they're close, right? And it's conveyed in that scene, um, but it, it's it's pretty interesting, um, you know that 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 you know that's that he kills his father, and um, you know when you watch it again with that context, uh, it makes the scene even more interesting in my at least in my opinion. Yeah, and Jer, this this might be a stupid question, but um. Uh why why does why does Noah kill Bartosh? I, I am struggling to remember why that is. In in my mind, I believe Adam instructs him to do so. Man. That's that's what I took took from it. Man, see, cause so I've like so I just I have a hard time with Noah and Helga, you know, the um because okay, so like Adam told him to do it or this, right? And so we end up liking Noah more by the end of the series, seeing everything that has happened to him. But still, right. man, he's just listening to this guy, and then, and then Helga in turn listens to Noah, and they do all these terrible things, right? And it's just like I just like I don't know. I can't let them off the hook for this. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I nor nor can I. Yeah. Um. Uh, yeah, but at least from what I'm understanding, it seems like he's kind of being instructed, and you know that it's it's something that was kind of in the works, you know, to begin with. Right. And it's, uh, that's at least the feel I got from it. Right. And it's kind of like, okay, you know, when um, Adam kills Hannah in the, in season three, like it was like, you're not supposed to be yeah. here. Right. And like, so like Adam knows like everything that's going to happen. He knows what happened. So he's like, it always has to happen this way in order for me to get back to the point where I could put Marta in that chair and try to explode her with a double apocalypse. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, it's all leading to that. Yeah. Right. Um, but yeah, I just like, 
I don't know. I, I I think if you like try to think about it too much, you might drive yourself crazy. I just I guess I'm just trying to think about like the very first time this all happens because we're seeing this on like infinity, right? Or like it, it's replayed over and over again. I don't know. Like, is yeah. is there something to that thought? Like, when did it first happen? Like, if it always happened, I don't know. It's just I I think I think my head will explode if I think about it too much. But <laughs> <laughs> I hear you. Yeah. I hear you. But. You know, certainly an interesting scene, um, and uh, you know, interesting even more so knowing the context that we know after watching the entire series. Yeah, no, definitely, and uh, yeah, but, but, but like I said, I, I really I started the show and I was like, yeah, I can't wait to make fun of Bartosh every episode, and by the end, I'm just like, <laughs> just like, man, Bartosh is like my third favorite character now. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, I hear you. I hear you. Um, uh, yeah, so, uh, you know, poor guy, <laughs> so let's, uh, yeah. let's uh, okay, Clausen, okay, so I don't, okay, the Clausen stuff, do we ever get, like, a really satisfying answer for Clausen's mystery? I know that he's from another town and he's hunting down Tiedemann, but what else about him? Well, I think, I mean, don't, eventually we find out that he's searching for his brother, right? And right. And that's who... Alexander. Alexander took the identity Alexander took, right? Correct, correct. I guess I think, okay, yeah. so what I was thinking the whole time with Clausen, when he mentions he didn't have a driver's license, I thought it was because maybe he was from the past and they didn't have cars back when he, like, and maybe he was from, like, the 1920s or um, pre- previous, even previous to that. And I thought that was kind of the clue we were getting. But I don't know if that ever really pays off. Does Like, I, what, what do you think about that? I don't think that's, I don't think that's it. I, that's I think not, primarily, and, and I kind of alluded to it during the regular um, portion of the show, but I believe that they, they didn't have a driver's license because I think the scenes where he's driving, oftentimes they want other characters to be there. Like, it, okay. and, and I think it makes okay. more interesting dialogue that he needs to essentially kind of be driving with someone at different times. They kind of use that to their advantage. Okay, so it's kind of like um, The writers. That, that's what I took out of it. Okay, all right. So I guess I was just reading too much into it when I first watched it, but I really, uh, I don't know. I, I, I'm kind of unsatisfied with the Alexander Tiedemann storyline from the end of the show. I think that's the one thread that I was kind of left hanging on. And I would have, I think, I don't know, I was just kind of hoping for maybe a flashback where we actually saw him, whatever happened to him, to, for him to leave and why he was so bloody and why he had to bury the passport and the gun. I kind of wish we got a little bit more about that. What do you think about that? I feel the same way. Yeah, I, I really do. I, I you, you kind of, you know, you're not going to get everything, uh, especially when you have these characters you enjoy so much and you want to learn everything about them. Um, I, I, you know, when you're watching the show, you're thinking, okay, you know, you something obviously happened right before, um, you know, he meets Regina for the first time, and he kind of has the, the, you know, the kind of with the gun and Ulrich and Katerina and you you want to kind of learn more about the past and you think we're going to go there at some point in the show and we, we don't ever get there um, but at the same time uh, you know there is a little bit of disappointment that we didn't really get to see exactly what happened there yeah maybe we'll get another show just teed him in time and uh, I'll be all over that so <laughs> we'll see we'll see I don't know I haven't heard of any dark spin-offs but uh but there definitely should be um okay so, yeah so um 
Uh, how about the photo, Jer? I was, uh, I know that there's a lot of familiar faces in that photo of the Sigmundus, uh, the Sigmundus one. Uh, you got anything on that? Yeah, that photo is really cool. I mean, you know, you certainly pause it, you look through, and now we kind of know everyone in the forefront of the picture. We yeah. kind of know, right? Yeah. Um, you know, you see like, you know, Magnus and Fran yeah. are there yeah. and uh, Noah and, you know, Adam and, you know, that, that type of thing. But, but yeah, it's, it's, it's a cool looking picture. I think they do a good job with it. Right. And I think, are there some tan houses too? Is that, uh, that's kind of like the filler, the filler characters is what we learned in season three. I think so. Yeah. I, I think so. Yeah. Cause I, yeah, I, I think like, that would make sense. Like you said, I recognize a lot of them. And then I was kind of seeing some guys with, you know, wild hair and wild beards. And I was like, tan house. I think that, that might be one of them. It, so. it might be a tan house. Yeah. yeah. Um, speaking of tan house, you know, we, we, that they mentioned Charlotte in this episode and, um and you know the connection with Tanhouse obviously raised her as the grandfather um and you know these Tanhouse moments as I'm rewatching it you know I'm paying a little bit more attention because he's obviously a huge character so um yep. he's the one that started this all so we start to get hints of uh start to get hints of uh you know how important he is too we do yeah. we do for sure um yeah I just uh I I that really did throw me for a loop that uh. Tan House was going to be so big, and I guess I should have seen it coming with uh, him being kind of the narrator of the show. Um, at least there was more. Uh, you could have seen that coming more than Tronta being a big key. So, <laughs> yeah, and you watch the show again, and you realize like this: the, the area that Peter and Elizabeth are in—that's like his old store. Um, you know, Tan House's store. Right. Yeah. They're in call. the they're in the kind of the back of the store. I didn't get that at first no. the first time I watched that. But now rewatching it, you kinda understand, okay, like he is super important. Like, you know, we just you might not have picked up on it, you know? Yeah, no, you that's that's a really good call. I didn't realize that either. Um and obviously, you know, he's been crucial making the time machines and you know, we kinda just thought he was kind of a cog or a piece in the wheel because Claudia had been like people had informed him, right? Like, um, uh, about how to make the time machine. He got help along the way. But obviously right. he's the one that started everything, uh, you know, making these two worlds. And we don't even know about the other world right now, right? I mean, that's that's what's so kind of crazy about this show. Um, yeah. Yeah, so I, I, yeah, just, but like there are clues here. And it, it is interesting because, so, you know, when you're making a new show, and especially one as ambitious as Dark, they probably had to make season one with, hey, we might not get a chance for season two, right? Um, this might have to, we might have to tie everything up. I, it would be great to get a season two, but we don't know. And uh, I think they can kind of really start to lay groundwork now that they have a season two, and they can kind of start to think like big picture. And I think they were the whole time, but I think, uh, I was trying to think of some examples of it, but I do think some things for the end game start in this episode, and I'll, I'll try to look through my notes really quick. Um, but uh, if you want to say anything about that, Jer, um yeah, no, I mean, I, I I think that they always planned it to be three seasons. I think they, mm -hmm. they did a good job, but if they would have not gotten picked up after the first season, maybe they would have been okay with it. Right. You know, it, it yeah. would have been, you know, it still had, you know, uh, at least a beginning, middle, and end, and, and it told a story over the course of a season. But um, I feel like they always kind of had it like, hey, we're going to do, you know, a certain story. Here's what needs to happen. Um, you know, I don't know if they knew it was exactly going to be three seasons, but maybe they did, maybe they didn't. But, um, you know, I, I, I think, 
I think I think it was well thought of, and some of the things like you know, like we talked about in that that other episode where they're talking about the triketa, yeah. like that that's clearly like they're talking about how the show is going to end, like <laughs> yeah. right there, and that's season one. So you know, I think they they knew where they wanted to go. At yeah. least that's my understanding. Yeah, I agree that they knew where they wanted to go. I just, I'm, I'm so glad that, it, and it's so, it's so fortunate that it did get picked up. Um, you know, so many shows don't go past season one, right? And, um, right. This show is complicated. I think we've talked about how it's kind of a tough sell, and we've talked about like how in the boardroom, right, trying to pitch the show to a Netflix executive. Um, yeah. Like, how do you even write this show? Like, I can't even imagine uh, just all the story maps and everything they had to plan out and everything that went into it. So um, I'm so glad that it did get picked up and that they were able to complete their story and, you know, how how fortunate for, um, you know, the writers to be able to do that. So I think it's really cool. Yeah, I am as well. Um, I think it's um, it's one of the better written stories or shows out there and uh, I think they did such a great job. Uh, one scene that I, I wanted to talk about that we can't talk about until this, this section was... Did you notice how when um, older Jonas is talking to Hannah, uh, at a certain point she says, "Why do you know? You know, wh- why are you here or whatever?" He kind of like looks down at the floor where Martha's gonna end up being shot. Did you notice Ooh, that? Ooh, no, I didn't. But that is a great call. Yeah, that is a great call. Yeah, you watch it again. He, he, I forget if it's something like he. She says like. Well, wait, why did you come back? Or he kind of said something like, oh, I came back for, you know, X, Y, Z, or, you know, I, I forget exactly how it's worded, but she definitely looks right at the floor where she's going to be lying. It's it's clear as day. I, I would almost suggest to, to look at it one more time because it, it's pretty neat. They definitely foreshadow that happening in that scene. Damn. No, I did not notice that, but that is a great call. And uh, I am going to go back and check that out. Um Man, yeah, no, they did such a good job. And I know there's hints all throughout season one that they knew exactly what they were doing. So I, um, I, I do appreciate that. And that's a really cool touch that they put that in there. Um, and, the, you know, they, she, Hannah asked Jonas about where is her Jonas. And he's going to be hanging out with Claudia for like the next like 30 years or something, right? Something like that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So we didn't get a lot of Cla- we didn't get any Claudia really in this episode except for her on the her on the tape, but um right but right she- we got a recording of her that was right. about it yeah so yeah it, it the it was uh, uh Claudia was you know interestingly kind of pretty absent from yep. this episode yep but we know she's just going to be absolutely massive going forward she's one of the yeah kind of the she kind of is she figured she's the one who uh, kind of saves the day, right? And figures everything out towards the end of the season. Yep. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So, absolutely. So yeah. So Claudia missing her and, uh, excited to see what will happen with them. Uh, you talk, you, when you talked about Klaus and, uh, needing somebody to drive him, I was just chuckling. I can't wait to see the scene with, uh, Voller and, uh, he's about to tell about his eye yeah. and they crash or they yeah. see, they see Claudia. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, all right. So I don't, uh, I can't think of anything right now, Jer. If you got anything more though, I'd be happy to talk about it. No, I think, I think that was it. Yeah. That was it for me. Awesome. And you know, I know that, you know, every scene there's probably something, you know, you could bring up for spoilers, but, um, we'll, 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 we'll... sure. Yeah. I mean, this is just what I'm, what I'm catching and where you're catching, but there's so much more that, that that's there. You know, you can kind of get that feeling. Yeah. When you watch these episodes, yeah. 
can't wait to see my guy Ulrich again uh, when he's uh, in the uh, older version of him. That's that's coming up. That's coming yeah, up. yeah. Um, all right. So I think I think we'll leave it there, Jer. Uh, thank you yeah. so much if you've been listening and uh, joining in our season two coverage. We're gonna finish off season two, and that'll be the whole dark catalog. So uh, hopefully you guys are enjoying it. Hopefully you guys are um, following along. And um, yeah, thanks so much for listening. Uh, like I said, follow me on Twitter, Wake Up Winden. Email the show, wakeupwinden at gmail.com. Uh, Jer, anything else? No, no. Thanks, for, thanks everyone for listening. Yeah. All right, everybody. Have a great day, great week. Take care. Bye.